you have the very unique and rare worst possible fat metabolism. I know, APOA2? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we very rarely see that. Very rare. And you also have the worst possible starch metabolism. So diet is super important for you because you you, you know this already, but your body always leans on glucose and starch first. It's just the easier fuel to burn. And so yeah. it struggles so much with the starch, it doesn't even get to the fat. And when it does, it doesn't know what to do with it. Welcome to This Functional Life, a show for women just like you who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, purpose. We're going to deconstruct norms, uncover your deepest desires, harness your physical and mental health, and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what you want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking complex science and making it easy to understand and integrate into daily life. Join the journey to make this chapter the best ever. Let's get thriving. So in today's episode of This Functional Life, I want to go a little deeper into DNA. We had so many questions from my interview with Kashif Khan from the DNA company about, you know, what could you really get out of DNA? We discussed a lot of things, but I figured, you know, what better way for me to help you understand the value of a clinical DNA test that is truly, truly based in the science and studies of over 7,000 people. And so what I decided to do is I actually had Kashif Khan go through my individual test with me. And so what I did is I decided I would share my exact DNA analysis with you. So you could understand what information you can actually get from it. And we only skimmed the surface. We covered just the big, the big, big topics. But I figured what better way to find out than to hear my story and what is really going on in my body and how I'm wired. And I think the even more important part of this conversation is this just tells me how my body was designed to generally work. But the biggest thing to understand, and it's what you'll know from my podcast and biohacking and what we know from functional medicine, is your epigenetics, which are the things you do, eat, breathe, think, all of that stuff, either turn that DNA on or off. So in this conversation, you're going to hear probably some pretty crappy DNA because you know what? It's mine. But you're also going to understand that there are things that we can do to change it. And that's what we really get out of this episode. So join me today. You're going to listen to how jacked up my DNA is. So today I'm getting deeply exposed all the way down to my DNA. So what you're going to be listening to in the next little bit is a direct conversation between Kashif Khan and I about my personal DNA. And where we're picking up is where we start to talk about the different DNA markers that affect your brain and how you show up in the world. And specifically, we're going to be talking about dopamine and my neurotransmitters and how that plays a role in the way I act and behave and even learn. So that's where you're going to be picking it up. So you're going to start here with Kashif talking about my brain and specifically my dopamine levels. The chemical that allows you to feel pleasure and rewards. And the clearance enzyme is called COMP. So you have a really cool combination where you have the super slow clearance and the really high density receptors. So this speaks to a deep binger, which is what? <laughs> why you have the ability to absorb the amount of information that you absorb. You know how you say you take this course and this thing and I want to learn this and that and that. It's hard for people to do that. Where the challenge is, is it'd be very difficult for you to do things that you're not interested in. 
totally. that you truly don't enjoy, that you know you don't want. But when it comes to what you do want or what you're interested, you're lost. Like it's six, seven hours, eight hours, you're gone, right? That's so true. what's happening there is your your relationship with pleasure and reward. It's so easy for you to experience pleasure that things don't really trigger much of a response. So you're not seeking or pursuing it. I'm good with what's going on. But when you get that elevated hit, you don't want to leave it. You yeah. end up binging on it. You get stuck in that zone. Uh, and because your content is so slow, it's completely debilitating. You get lost. So deep binging behavior to an extreme, which speaks to, it could either have been a big problem, you know, if you found the wrong things to get pleasure from, yeah, or it could become highly functional and create success because you leaned on the right things for pleasure and reward. But it speaks a lot to what you do and how you describe your days, right? Keep learning, keep building, keep because you truly enjoy it, right? Yeah. Now, I'm just going to keep going on and stacking these neurochemicals because they paint the picture a little bit more. So yeah. you're... Ability to deal with adrenaline response is optimal, which means it's very difficult for you to experience, call it trauma, PTSD, hold the grudge. In fact, it's almost unlikely that you, you'd probably let the same person screw you two or three times because you just forgive and forget. The only thing I would say about that PTSD or trauma experience is although you don't remember the feeling, so you know, God forbid there's a car accident, you can jump into a car and drive home. You can go down that same street. You hear a bang sound the next three weeks. It doesn't, you don't associate the two where somebody else doesn't want to look at a car for the next month, but your comp enzyme is the same clearance enzyme. So you're in the moment for longer. So you remember more about it. So you're not feeling more about it, but you're remembering more. So that experience for you was sort of almost exaggerated in terms of what happened, when it happened, why it happened. Right. Okay. Negative stimuli and trauma. So mm -hmm. somebody burns you. It's not like, oh, I hold a grudge. I've never talked to them again. Right. But the next time something like that happens, you're going to use the wisdom of it. You're going to remember and apply the wisdom like, oh, I remember this. I've seen this before. Right. Where your little wonky is on your serotonin response. So it's a little bit off, which means that whereas the last thing we spoke of is your recall, mm -hmm. this is more in the moment. Mm -hmm. You are less aligned with the stimuli around you. You're much more sensitive to stimuli, which means it's easier to pull you in directions, which means, you know, you can get irritated, annoyed, somebody making a noise, somebody chewing their food the wrong way. You know, somebody walks into a meeting late, you notice and it bothers you. But somebody tells a funny joke and you're instantly bouncing back in the other direction. So it's this constant reaction to stimuli. So you're not reacting to pleasure and reward. You're reacting to third party stimulus that wasn't something you control. But that also speaks to this sort of attention to detail that's a little more exaggerated also because you see the stimulus because of folks and projects you're also seeing details that others aren't seeing so again yeah. speaks to your work because you're sort of in this hey because you're binging because you're diving deep with blinders on and hey this is what i like and the other eight things i'm not even going to start i'm going to delegate that to other people you're also going down this journey of binging with all these details and nuances and this kind of analytical behavior that the people around you may not have so there's a huge benefit to that also, obviously, but at the same time, it can be challenging to work with people because all of a sudden, whereas you see it as like this, 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 they just maybe see the outcome. We did the job. You're like, yeah, but you didn't do this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, but we still got the job done. Those details matter a lot to you and you remember them and you think through those filters. That's where in a leadership role, it's often challenging to work with people that you delegate to because they're never going to match you 
I mean, you may find people that have similar genetics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, people are, <laughs> we, we actually do a lot of work with um, sort of C-suite people. Mm-hmm. And we have to coach them on the reason why they got there is because they have this ability to capture and remember and think about details and care so much because they're binging. Your profile speaks to, call it, um, that executive profile, right? Yeah. We see this a lot in like people that manage like hedge funds, people that run law firms, you know, professional entrepreneurs. Brain drive neurotropic factor is your um, ability to develop neural connections and you're doing really well there also. So what does this mean? You're really good at developing the neural pathways that transfer information, which means you're really good at developing new skills, which speaks to this multi-hat wearing entrepreneur. I can practice. I can also write a book. I can also go study. I can also do a podcast. You know, so the, your context is not limited. We're thinking about like a scientist that's in the lab. Like, nope, I test tubes. That's my life. Tell me to write a book about it or tell me to go talk in front of the camera. I Somebody else has to do that, right? Right. You can very easily shift gears and you can develop these skills to a somewhat of a masterful level, right? You're, you're really good at um, developing new skills at a high level, which again speaks to your role. No surprise based on what you're doing, right? It also speaks to brain recovering and the neural pathways you have to develop if you get like a concussion or something, like you're really good. You, it's actually hard for you to get a concussion. You recover quickly. It also speaks to mood. So although we said that, you know, you might notice all these details and nuances that kind of poke and prod at you and irritate you and, and you know, drive you, nothing means much. Lawyer letter in the mail, you read everything, you get it, but you're able to put it down and shift gears to whatever else is going on. Where somebody else lawyer in the letter in the mail, that is all they're thinking about for the next 24 hours. Right. right? No, it's their, true. Life, their life is over. Right. So you do you're doing really well there where call it the drama queen response, you're quite the opposite. So let me give you an example when it comes to anxiety. For you, you would not suffer like a call it a high functioning chronic anxiety. For you, it would be more like an acute. For example, if there's a lockdown and you can't see your friends and family for six months. Mm-hmm. that's like i can't handle it right why because it's so easy for you to experience pleasure when it's taken away from you there's a bigger crash for someone that has a minimal dopamine response they're kind of teetering on that line anyway so they're yeah. used to not feeling good and so bad news although they feel it is is not anxiety inducing it's just another day for you it's a big deal because it's not you don't often get to the bottom so uh, that's one thing that it expresses as the other thing that that stands out is serotonin dysregulation also affects your sleep so i would argue that you probably have no problem falling asleep it's very easy but that second half is maybe not the same quality as the first half no it's it's hard for me to stay asleep yeah and that's because of your serotonin response so what's going on there is melatonin puts you to sleep so what's meant to happen is when there's the first morning light it penetrates your eyelids and it triggers your body time to wake up and then you're supposed to start producing serotonin, your wake-up chemical, which then gets the day going. Your challenge is, so in the first sleep cycle, that doesn't happen because your body knows you just went to sleep. In the mm-hmm. second sleep cycle, cycle for someone like you who's slightly dysregulated, uh, you're more likely to, you know, hubby pulls on the blanket, some weird smell, a noise, temperature is off. Any stimulus whatsoever will trick your body into thinking, oh, is it daytime? And then you struggle in and out of sleep, right? You're still tired, you still need sleep, but you're not getting there. So 
that's something that's very important to work on because of course sleep is when you recover we tell all of our patients you need to sleep better it's a free like easy hack that you just gotta work on but for you the solution is very different than the average person would just take the melatonin i'm just scanning through your cardiovascular profile and the one thing that i see is the example that i talk about with the endothelial in front you have you have the worst quality hardware (laughs) 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 which means doesn't mean you're sick doesn't mean you need to be sick Mm-hmm. It just means if you live like the average American, it's almost guaranteed you will be sick. Obviously, you don't, but uh, you're just so much more at risk for endothelial inflammation, which okay. is a root cause for cholesterolemia, calcification, blockages, just overall aging because there's the the sort of stress that's put on the body. So why would that happen? You would sort of have to expose yourself to the wrong toxic insults that lead to that inflammation. You also have a really rare... Um, APOE profile. Yes, the 2-4. Yeah, yeah the 2-4. It's, it's an ultra-rare version, which you have one allele, which is the worst, and you have one allele that is ultra-protective. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? If you do everything normal, you shouldn't have a problem. But if you teeter towards bad habits, you probably will have a problem. Okay. Because what's happening is you have risk but you also have your body internally also already countering the risk. You have exposure, but you got like a moat built around it. But yeah. if something crosses the moat, you're exposed. Your detox profile, what would cause that inflammation? Not doing the best. <laughs> uh, so the two areas where things kind of enter your body, aside from the skin, is you breathe them in and you eat them, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not doing so well here. You're like minus 40% capacity to kind of bind and, and clear airborne insults like chemicals, gas, mold, that type of thing, you're at about 50% capacity at the gut. Um, so whatever you eat, you have to be hyper careful, not just about, you know, plant-based or whatever, but like what was used to process it, right? So you could buy a bag of, you know, bespoke, handmade, whatever cookies that are organic, made of quinoa, you know, gluten-free, everything. But if that quinoa was processed on some machinery, which they, you know, would put heavy metals into the food, or there's, you know, chemicals that are sprayed down that equipment at once a day just for safety standards, right? Those are never listed on ingredients and not considered part of the food. And for you, a giant problem. So about 50% of what you're meant to clear and block is for you as getting in. Now... The ability to now detoxify what's in, you're also at minus 50% capacity. So once it gets in from the lungs or the gut, you're also not clearing it so well. So too much is getting in, and you're only clearing at 50% capacity once it's in. Again, speaking to you, I'm not speaking to the average person who's going in blind. You're probably already doing a lot of things right. But that exposure to chemicals, whether it's in your mattress, whether it's in your cleaning products or your pesticides in the air, from your, your garden or whatever, for you, it gets in. So that leads to, for your gut, Crohn's, colitis, irritable bowel, which then leads to mood and behavior issues, which could then cause the problem for the Alzheimer's and, and dementia, which we're saying we don't want to have, right? For the lungs, it's like chemicals, cleaning agents, perfumes, you know, mold in the basement, all that stuff for you is a potential problem. The challenge is twofold. And this, by the way, is the root cause of a lot of chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. That's cellular inflammation that is rooted in your inability to cope with the toxic insults that you're taking in. 
second layer for that toxic insult is internally, you also don't clear uh, at the mitochondria so well. So first we spoke of what's coming in from the outside. There's also coming in from the inside. You said you work out quite regularly, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what do you do? I lift weights a couple times a week and I'll cycle like once a week, you know, just one like cardio thing. But yeah. I, I lift weights mostly. And that's okay. always been kind of, I mean, I had times in my life where I did triathlons and stuff and I felt like crap. Yeah. So the reason <laughs> you feel like crap is because you don't clear oxygen stress. You're like minus 70% capacity. Okay. So when you get into heavy cardio, once a week is okay. More than that would be a problem for you. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, you know, when you take in oxygen through your cells to create energy, at the mitochondria where that happens, uh, you don't clear the byproduct, the oxidant. Mm-hmm. the toxin that's produced uh and so now all of a sudden you have this byproduct or smoke sitting on your cell you know causing this inflammatory environment which then depending on which cell like for example if it gets into your endothelial that's the root cause of the inflammation that will lead to the cholesterol problem also of the little that you do clear you don't have the detox genes you're minus 50 percent to get it out of the blood Right. right, so oxidation in general for you is a problem. You, I don't know what what you're supplementing with right now, but you should probably be taking a sublingual B12 and uh, a B9 plus complex. Your your genes speak to a need for additional B B B9 and B12 specifically, but B9 usually comes in a complex, heavier dose of B12 and B9. Uh, that would really help support your methylation the other sort of red flag that stands out is your ability to deal with um vegan proteins lentils beans legumes isn't the best kale and the hard stuff isn't the best so more conventional type you know beets carrots roots vegetables lettuce peppers right you have the very unique and rare worst possible fat metabolism i know apoa2 yeah yeah we very rarely (laughs) see that very rare and you also have the worst possible starch metabolism so diet is super important for you because you you brought you know this already but your body always leans on glucose and starch first it's just the easier fuel to burn and so it struggles so much with the starch it doesn't even get to the fat and when it does it doesn't know what to do with it let's go back to one thing i'm just gonna look at your put two genes to see whether you know veganism is good for you and no you're oh yeah you're not doing the best there so it's more like paleo type diet right lean lean proteins and your more conventional greens and you know root uh vegetables and peppers and that type of thing you know like uh seafood and salad type of thing here yeah we we very rarely see this where you have the worst fat metabolism and the worst starch metabolism the only thing i could eat is air i was like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta be really careful about your food it's got super lean starch free i mean there's a lot of stuff you can replace the starch with obviously especially if you're eating at home you know, almond flour, yeah. coconut stuff. And you got to be hyper diligent about that because very easily can add to weight gain. Metabolic rate is good, so no problem there. There's a bit of a uh, lack of satiety of the mouth. So I'm more likely to need to snack or graze at the pantry. You know, more likely to not be satisfied by your meal and need um, some hit. You know, like sometimes people are done with their food and then they need a cookie or Doritos or something else that powerful flavor punch. Uh, um, yeah, I'm a salty, savory person. Yeah. 
And you may be a little more picky about what you're eating because of the need for that satisfaction of the mouth. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not a grazer, but I don't know if that's just because I've trained myself not to be that way. You know? Yeah, I think you're, first of all, you're going to go back to your mood and behavior. I think your brain, yeah, you're more of a binger. So your brain, you're not going to do it every day, but when you find the thing you like, you know, you might get stuck a little bit. So yeah. it's important for you to be careful about what you're stocking in the pantry. Mm -hmm. right? If you find that wow factor thing, get rid of it because you're going to eat the whole bag. Yeah. So, but if it's not there, it's not there. So you want to de deal with your buying as like a more logical, like, what do I actually need for nutrition? You don't want to not have pleasure because you should enjoy your food, but mm -hmm. get rid of the treats. Luckily, my, my desire to hone in on what I'm interested in supersedes yeah. my hunger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. If yeah. I if I could during the day not eat, I'd be perfectly happy. I'm like, I don't have to deal with that right now. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there's also you you have a great ability to feel satiety of the gut, right? So that innate hunger feeling is mm -hmm. is not a problem for you. It's more the it's more that when you're eating, you yeah. don't get satisfied in the mouth, so you need more. And I don't mean mm -hmm. more volume, I mean more variety. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah, I make my husband crazy. Yeah, it's like you want to sample things, you want sweet, salty, crunchy, soupy, like a little bit of everything, right? Mm -hmm. so it's not that you're hungry and you need food, it's that when you eat food, you just need a lot of different stuff. Like a tapas type thing is ideal for you, you know? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just try a little bit of everything, right? And that's where you would overeat. Vitamin D response is not the best. We got to think about that because you're... You not only don't transport it well, you also don't activate it well. So you need, um, do you take much vitamin D? I do. Yeah, what, I do. What do you take? How much? Right now, I'm taking 5,000 I use, but I take it with um, A, E, and K. So I get okay. better absorption. What's interesting is I get much better absorption with 5,000 with those present than I do with 10,000 and just K and K2. Okay. Which is kind of um, interesting. Yeah, I think what's happening is you don't have the ability to transport it well. So mm -hmm. if you take anything more than 5,000, you can't utilize it fast enough. That's the problem. Uh, Even when you take 5,000, you're probably only getting 3,000 of it because, again, you don't transport fast enough. So yeah. your vitamin D protocol is a twice-a-day protocol. The conversion of progesterone to testosterone is medium-fast. So the initial pool of hormones is pretty healthy. You do not clear those hormones, so they um, stay around for a while. You also do not convert them into DHT, which is that sort of manly man, superhuman mm -hmm. hormone that gives you the big, rip, not big, but ri uh, jacked rip muscles, right? Yeah. And of the little DHT you convert, you clear it really fast. You get rid of it really fast. Which so is that leads Because that would to, cause hair loss. <laughs> it does cause hair loss, yeah. And it causes acne as well. So mm -hmm. what, what you end up doing with your hormones is you convert them into estrogen at sort of a medium fast rate. So there's a lot of estrogen and you produce 4-hydroxyestrogen, which is one of the toxic versions. We are somewhat estrogen dominant and you're estrogen toxic. This is the root cause for almost every female hormone problem. Uh, now I'm just going to skip and look at one more thing. And your clearance is horrible. You know, what? I'm just going to quickly share my screen and show you what i'm looking at um, yeah it's it's bad yeah <laughs>
So I'm looking at more of a map. Uh, this is just how we look at the data. So progesterone to testosterone to estrogen, DHT yeah. this way, clearance of hormone um, uh, androgens this way. So convert it to testosterone. Do not get rid of it. Do not convert it to DHT. Of the DHT you convert, you get rid of it really fast. And then you drop into estrogen. So of the estrogen right. you drop into, red light for the clean stuff, red light for the super toxic stuff, medium fast conversion into 4-hydroxy, which is not so good. Clearance, red light, red light, red light, a little bit of clearance here. So you're hardly clearing it as well. So this is a clinical concern. What does that mean? Um, doesn't mean you're sick because you're probably doing a lot of things right. It means that this, this, the same stuff we always talk about. If you have additional hormone uh, influence like foods, pesticides, chemicals, birth control pill, hormone replacement therapy, you're going to get pushed over the edge. You also are more likely to have like, again, you're probably doing a lot of things right compared to the average American woman, but fibromyalgia, crazy menopause, roller coaster, menstrual cycle, bad PMS, you know, all these things are rooted in this. The ones that are not are PCOS, uh, infertility, acne, hair loss, like you said, the all most of other and endometriosis is kind of teetering on both. Sometimes it's from estrogen toxicity, sometimes from testosterone. So again, not that you have all these problems, but you very easily could if you start to do things wrong. If you're not supplementing properly, you're not eating properly, if you're not ex if you are exposed to the wrong things. So this is the classic profile of a woman that needs help that we end up helping. So just diligent, never screwing around, always doing things right. Otherwise, you probably will have a problem. It's almost guaranteed, right? Now, combine this with your bad endothelial health. This is why women fare so much worse with cardiovascular disease than men, because there's the cofactor of not only are you fighting the toxic, you know, toxins on one side with the poor endothelial health, you're also combining that with your estrogen toxicity, and it's like double whammy. And so, when you do finally get to that stage where you cross that threshold of inflammation it's you're already too far gone and it just hits you so much harder this is why women also have so much more alzheimer's and dementia problems right because they're they're getting double the load so again you're probably doing things right we can dive into what the right things are but this is the profile of a woman that is has problems and needs help so you're not having any female hormone problems right yeah no i mean i went i went through menopause a couple of years ago now my 40s were terrible i hated it <laughs> But by, by the time I got to menopause, I, I didn't even have a hot flash. Oh, wow. My hormones just, but I, but you know, I, I'm, I control a lot of it because I, I Dutch test myself usually once or twice a year, but I, I literally, the only way I caught it is my labs. I was like, oh, FSHLH high. Well, there we are. <laughs> yes. <And> then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're in a unique position where you're doing everything right. The average patient isn't. Average patient doesn't even yeah. know that this is something to look at. Um, so most women are suffering because of this. They're not targeting yeah. the right stuff. Not that I wish this on you, but if you start making mistakes and not doing the right stuff, you'll probably end up with a problem, which is not what we want for you. Definitely not. Thank you so much for tuning into this functional life. You are why I'm here and I am so very grateful. You're here for a reason. I celebrate your commitment to claiming your youthful energy and stepping into this next phase of life, feeling vibrant, healthy, and powerful. I am so proud of you. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life 
on our terms. If this episode helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD. And if you want a chance to share your story with our tribe or find out more about working with my team, you can sign up at chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. Again, that's chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye.